very special guest. David's in the back. studio. David is here. <laughs> no, no David no. this week, but next week. Next week. Next week he's coming. Next week sure. he's, uh, he's locked into summertime. This week we're joined by the wonderful, the, the prolific, the, the architect of the Critter Pit intro himself, yes. Mr. Caleb Sebastian Poole. <laughs> Welcome to Yo, the pit. Thanks, guys. What's up? Yeah. What up? How's it going? Oh, I'm doing good. Doing good. Nice. That is good. Very good to hear. Excited to Cronenberg it up. I I am watched watched the movie last night, Dead Ringers, and I'm the mood to talk about Love uh, Cronenberg. There's a before lot we to get say. to that. Um, tell us a bit about yourself, Caleb. Tell um, the people who are working with you. So I think last time you guys heard from me, I was um, <laughs> I was in Vancouver, um, yes. doing engineering. Yes. Um, I'm now not doing that. Fuck yeah. Yes. And now I don't really know what I'm doing. Cronenberg. That is great. Cronenberg. You're in the pit. That's all that matters. You're in the pit. Exactly. Um, I'm watching movies. Hey. That's the life right there, in my opinion. So you, you've dropped out of engineering, or are you just, like, done for the summer? Oh, uh, I've dropped out. Fuck yeah, dude. Welcome to the club. Yeah, uh, it was funny. Um, I heard about you, and you were do, and that you dropped out. And yeah. uh, I, think, I, think I, I think I stuck around for another, like, month and a bit, and then uh, decided to pull the plug. It's the right call. Yep. Fuck engineering. Yeah. Every so, time Ethan would mention you, it seemed like just eternal suffering. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that what engineering is, though? It is. I don't know why people do it. Uh, the best and brightest, I guess. Oh, uh, mass enough. Or, no, wait. They're sadistic fucks. I'll tell you that. I think so, yeah. They yeah. don't shower. It's just, it's gross. <laughs> it's, it's, it's rough out there. Takes a different type of person, it seems. What made yeah. you want to go into engineering to start with? Like, um, I really like the the math shit actually, mm-hmm. and like building shit. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but like the whole business around engineering and like academia and like that world, just couldn't really see myself happy. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me what an engineer is? This no, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. What the fuck do we do? Like, I don't know. The thing. I, I, if I stuck with this program by like year four, I could tell you how a fridge works and I could yep. probably make something really fucking dangerous. But like, um, I don't really know what an engineer does. Me neither. I know that do they, they get a do ring? They do the blueprints? They get a ring? They get a yeah, ring. You get an yeah. iron ring. <laughs> what? It's a big part of why you should go into engineering. Is the yeah, that thing. was like that was a the huge more, draw. The more I hear about engineering, the more it it's sounds a cult. Like a cult. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cult. It's yeah. a little cult. You go Nobody knows what it is, and you get a ring. Torture. And, you know, is it just like a, a low key little metal ring, or does it have it's an iron ring? It's iron ring. Iron ring. Yeah. The lore is that it's made of. Well, this is the lore that I heard. I don't know if it's different in Vancouver, but is that it's made out of this bridge that collapsed, and it's no. supposed to remind <laughs> engineers that you're never supposed to like let bridges collapse. No, yeah, yeah, no. I got told that exact same story. You need to like. Yeah. I, I don't know are what a the cult, man. 
No, it's like engineering we... ethics. Because like, who yep. who builds the shit? Oh yeah. my god, that's all. That's fun lore, but jeez, intense crowd. I remember Very when you were describing crowd. your uh, your classmates, Caleb. You were describing them as just like pillars of society. You know, dude. Holy shit. These okay. So my one friend who um is like fucking ridiculous. He's up at like five in the morning, and he's jeez. working till like. 12 1 a.m and then up again at five my lord just doing engineering shit yeah building uncollapsible <laughs> yeah. bridges engineers like that's the amount of work you have to put in if you want to yeah do oh no i i yeah i when i was when i was like passing my classes and like actually doing it i was putting in like my entire life i didn't watch movies i didn't play games yeah i smoked <laughs> a lot of weed and that's the expectation like, yeah oh that, yeah. yeah you, you can't have, have a life it has to be this is what it has to be. Yeah, exactly. Because how many courses and labs were you taking? So in my busiest day, I would start at 8.30, and then I wouldn't get home till like, 7.30. Yep. I would eat and then would meet up with my friends and study till, like, 12, and then sleep or, like, try to do something other than school. Yep. And that's why you were failing, because you were sleeping. Not yeah, that's anymore. yeah, that's the thing. I, if I if I studied more, I think I would have passed. But yeah, it's, sleep is optional. That's that's what it taught me. It taught me how to run on like two hours of sleep <laughs> and write an exam. Welcome yeah. to my world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I get it now. I get it now. It's brutal. Yeah. No, I I think you made the right decision in dropping out. We fully. It seemed you. like what it destroyed name? you. I'm not gonna lie, Caleb. Hey, that's I think that's what it's no, that's what it's meant to do. It yeah, that's what they tell you at the beginning of the year. Like yep. they say, look to your left, look to your right. One of you will be like not in the program next year. <laughs> like yep. Damn. Survival Damn. it it is survival of the So things. is this crazier than like is engineering like the craziest it gets? I feel like you always hear like neurosurgery is the craziest. Okay, universal. I think well, I that's think, like a higher level. Yeah, okay. I think when people yeah. talk about engineering, it's the pure shock of like when you get in coming from high school into like your first year of engineering, your first mm. like first semester probably works out. But then when you start getting into like calculus two and linear mm. algebra and the classes start like Fuck linear up. algebra, Fuck linear algebra. Um, how far did you get into it, Sam? Freshman? Uh. I completed like basically one and a half years over the course of two years. Okay. Yeah. So I was far. on track. I was I got about like two semesters in with one uh failed semester. Yeah. Oh, my GPA was like a zero point nine. Like <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, that's just what it does though. It's it's wild. And like doing it in you have to teach yourself everything, like yeah. lectures are almost like useless in some courses. Yeah, I remember yeah. you told me, Sam, how there would be a scheduled class, like two classes scheduled at the same time, and you just have to decide which one you go to that week. Yeah, I so, had that. Yeah. Yeah. That is so crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was, it was <laughs> I, I don't know what it was like at your school, but at the U of A, they built our first year schedules for us. Like we didn't yeah. get any choices. So yeah. Yeah. That's um, nuts. <laughs> That is so, nuts. 
So my 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 schedule would have been planned, but I said no, and instead of taking six courses, I only took four. See, um, that's smart. And even then, like I don't know what BC is on or like what SFU is on, because like apparently they teach like in a very different way. Like they, I heard like people in U of A taking like six, seven courses. Like they had the slots. If you take four, it's considered a full course load. So I don't really know how it five works. is a full course load at U of A, and yeah, like they, six you're not supposed to be able to, but they let engineers do. Which is so stupid because okay, yeah, I was taking so, six courses and four labs at my peak, like first yeah, year. It's insane what they expect you to do. Yeah. So Sam, were you going into it just to be like an engineer, or was it more specific? Because Caleb was going into it to do environmental engineering. I went into it because I wanted to, or I thought it was my parents' expectation for me to get a degree, and then I yep, would go yep. home. It was like I I need to get a degree first. I'll just do this because I like math or whatever, and I'm good at that kind of stuff. Dude, exactly. Is okay. <laughs> That's not how you should go into engineering. You need to no. love it. No. Oh, you so you were always going to go towards film. Yeah, I never wanted to do engineering. Okay. Interesting. But Caleb, there is a, there was a desire to do engineering with you. Um, There still is to just like learn. Just not within the framework mm-hmm. of kind of. Like, I still find <laughs> that like, career. Yeah, like, I just, I didn't really see myself having a career. Like, that's the thing is, it's, this is going to sound really cynical, but, like, <laughs> one of the things that we talked about was, like, um, in environmental engineering, is, like, the world's kind of fucked, and it's mm-hmm. continuing to get fucked, and if, like, things don't change really fast, we're going to, like, be really fucked. And I didn't really see that changing. <laughs> and that and that really fucked with me. You're the yeah. reason it's not changing. Exactly. So, <laughs> it's so all on your I, shoulders. So, so what I told my friends as I was leaving is, you know what, guys? You guys, you're going to change the world. I, <laughs> I am going to do something else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And That's there's great. nothing wrong with that. And Absolutely I think... Absolutely not. The reason I wanted this pod to happen so badly is because, understandably so, Caleb, your your exodus from engineering has left you in a bit of a, a pit, so to say. We, so we I think uh, a little pit. So I think it, it's great for you to talk with Sam a bit here and see, you know, it ain't over. You, you can nope. still pick yourself up and move forward. And It ain't over till it's over. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. RDP film is always there for you, Caleb. With it is arms. always there. You can still apply. <laughs> yeah, I think I applied there's, around this time. Um, there's a well, lot of ex engineers in our program. I think. I think. Um, I feel Kalen was an ex engineer. Yeah, Something I think like so. That. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, uh, the other news is I got a job. Oh, nice! Congratulations! Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're we're back at Sinatz. It took me seven times. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> you love to hear it. Um, yeah. You know that you you always have a place in the kitchen too, Caleb. If you want, yeah. If I wanted to <laughs> no. do, if I if I wanted to do something fun, like if I ever want a change of scenery to work in the, if you want to get environment, in Greece and getting yelled at by forty year old line cooks, then hey, that, you know where to find me. You know where to some, find me. <laughs> some people like getting yelled at by forty year old line cooks. Yeah, yeah. like Ethan, exactly. like me. I thrive off that. Built different. 
built different. No, I, I thrive off that fuck you energy, and I also, mm. like, oh, I, yeah. like in, I like insulting people in a friendly way. Mm. Caleb was a big hockey uh, guy. Yeah, Nicholas. Oh, um, McDougal's meeting Nicholas in a little bit here. Is that going to be I, dangerous? Uh, I have genuinely no clue how that like combo will work. Like, why? Why is that happening? Because <laughs> um, me, Nick, Jake, and Maddie or Maddo are seeing um Mission Impossible and nice. uh, Asteroid City. I think too. I think it finally came to the galaxy. Oh, nice. Yeah. VOD. I know. I got the <laughs> notification today, like, oh, rent Asteroid City on YouTube. But yeah. um, I'm like, hey, McDougal, you want to come? And he's like, sure. I'm free that day. So I meet that showdown. It's about to go down. Yeah, interesting crowd. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> um, But yeah, a lot of exciting things on the horizon. Um, Me, Jake, and Cole are seeing Oppenheimer on Friday. And Caleb, oh, yeah. unfortunately, you know, there's no seats left for Oppenheimer, but yep. we'll, we can for sure find a theater, like, with Barbie. Yeah. And we can all watch Barbie. Bye. Dope. Dope. We can watch Barbie. Very, very, very excited. Very excited. Yeah. I don't think Barbie, I don't know. I'm very skeptical. It's been getting Barbie very good good. reviews. Wait, really? Yeah. What are the reviews? Uh, I mean, I think it's got, like, I an hope 89 so. on... Rotten Tomatoes right now. In a I saw the first book. trailer for Barbie. Looked great. The second trailer, though, when you see all the stuff, how it's gonna be like Barbie in the real world, yeah, and all that shit. I'm like, oh, what are we doing? It I just feels worried. like it feels a lot less like satire vibes, right? Um, deadpan satire vibes, and more like fucking Mario movie IP yeah. in the Which real. Which I world. still haven't seen because, like, good. part of me doesn't want to watch it because of how much. It's not good nostalgia i hold for those characters you might love it then you might it, like it it's, it's created for that nostalgia machine you know it's kind of a nothing okay. movie it's like you have okay. to go in knowing everything <laughs> well, yeah I, I i definitely do it's it, nothing um, really on the priority list of watching things i'll, I'll be honest mm-hmm. yeah definitely not um it's it presses that depresses me that movie and its reception I don't know. It's just so. Feel like it's got to be better than Mario, but also like, you know, it's a Barbie movie. Like Barbie and oh yeah, to approve it, right? So it can't be that cynical. So we'll see. We shall see. It can't be like raunchy either. No. Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's Greta. Uh, I love Greta, and written by Noah Baumbach. You know, love that. It's a good combo. Are they millennials? No, I, I think they're older the, than I that. I don't know what the cutoff okay. is. I don't pay attention. No. I just feel like millennials. I don't know why. Um, Actually, I mean, yeah. Oppenheimer, though. is a very millennial-coded movie. Oppenheimer, though. Massive <laughs> I might, I might, I might turn into a Nolan, bro. That thing looks so yeah. good. Oh, my lord. Three hours long. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. Going at 10 p.m. tomorrow. <laughs> That's really tomorrow. Tomorrow. That's that's gonna be great, man. Um, I got work on Friday. Yeah, <laughs> and you work early, huh? Oh yeah, I love no it. No sleep, no sleep, no sleep. Back to my engineering roots. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, that's what I learned. I can run. That's what um, on... engineering prepared you for this. Exactly. Yeah, sleep with and shrug some coffee and Red Bull. Yeah, Oppenheimer, man. Just... 
I hate to just repeat what everyone's saying, but that cast is so crazy. Just so many names. Benny yeah, Safdie, pretty good. Benny Safdie, Dane DeHaan, um, Iron Dane DeHaan. That's the second person you name. I just didn't <laughs> know he was in that. It's like every time, every time I look at the cast, there's a new person in that. They just keep adding them, man. Rami yeah. Malik, Kenneth Branagh, come on. Yeah, Gary Oldman playing Harry S. Truman. What? Really? What? That's awesome. Is this the Alex first time Wolf. Gary Oldman's played a president? It seems like. Surely not. Because he's, he's played, played Churchill. Um, he's played Mank. Mank, yeah. I got to get him to play Mank. Stalin and then Hitler, and then he'll have played all of the, the World War II president. Or, uh, the powerhouse. Yeah. Powerhouse actor, Gary Oldman. Um, Gary shout Oldman. out to Nancy. Um, we didn't mention last episode that that was shot by Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins. I've been that listening to Roger though. Deakins' podcast a lot. He's Dude, an awesome we, guy. We've got some stiff competition, man. That Roger Deakins has so a good. Damn. Yeah. He describes his time at film school like what RDP is like. So that makes me feel really? confident. Yeah. How so? Please tell him. He's like, we just got to run around and make movies. Isn't that I what you're that. supposed to do? What else? What else do you do? Like, Honestly, like, uh, like lectures, lectures, and a lot of technical, uh, yeah, walkthroughs. Yeah, that, that stuff makes sense. Caleb, I'm not gonna lie though, I felt so much like guilt, kind of, when you were describing your time in engineering school back during the school year, and you're describing just like the hell you were going through. Hey, and I'm over know. here at yeah. RDP, just living it up, you know, um, just so making easy. movies, having so much fun, cakewalk. Caleb, you should come to RDT. You're, you're gonna cry. It's so easy. It's, it's yeah. Incredible. I don't. I don't really know what's in store next for for school. Might try to do something with media. Yeah, you're a big uh, sports massive, journalism. Massive guy. sports fan. I I love the Flames and Blue Jays. Two teams that both fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rough time to be their fans. It's always been a rough time, and it will continue to be. Yeah. But I'll be watching. Um, yeah. You should do a sports podcast, Caleb. You just have so much to say about them. <laughs> we could do it yeah. under the Critter Pit uh, brand. Banner. Perfect. <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a reach for movies to like. No, no. We're, on, we're expanding. It's on, the, it's on TV. Yeah, we're expanding the Critter Pit uh, family a little the bit. Brand. Yeah. We have merch, you know. <laughs> you got merch. Dude, the new intro. So it, sick! Yeah, that, that, that's you a killed it. it. Oh it, my god! It's good. Well yeah. done on the animation. Oh, thank you. Nice. Yeah, it's just like thirty hell. frames. Very easy. <laughs> I loved it. Amazing. Loved it. Yeah. Um, almost makes you proud to be a critter. Makes almost. me almost. proud to be a critter. Almost, dude. I was gonna make something for this, but um, I uh, I don't have my uh, my keyboard with me, which is a good oh, thing yeah. because I was gonna put it in my suitcase. Um. While I was flying back, and then they lost my luggage. Oh, yeah, yeah. So lost all his stuff. So luckily, I just lost all my clothes and normal things to live a day-to-day life with, and none of my like electronics. That's good. You lost Dune, though, Caleb. Yeah, I lost lost Dune. Dune. I lost Dune Messiah, which actually really. Ah, that does. That's a big blow. I'm getting Caleb on the Dune train. He's my proudest Dune. 
I, I'm fully. I'm Dune Messiah fully in. is great. Should we get into Dune Hour a little bit? This thought just struck no, no. me. If, okay, if we get into Dune, we're never going to get to Cronenberg, and this is going to be like a three-hour episode. We always have a Dune Hour, though. Okay, well, we th- well now's as good a time as any. Just shoot off your Dune thoughts, Caleb. You're going through these. Shoot um, them out. I'm, so I'm halfway through the third book, uh, Children mm-hmm. of Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, how spoiler E. Oh, all the, or wait. All our audience so, read all the Dune books. You, okay. I'm also halfway through the third Dune book. I have finished it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So so right now the big thing is Paul is like has just been confirmed to be alive. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's it's like crazy. really fun because like it, we kind of knew he's that like he was a alive. new person almost. It's yeah. not really like Paul's alive. It's, it's it's a new entity. It's weird. It's almost like what happened with uh, Duncan. Yeah. Yeah. Sorta. Well, except the Duncan thing's a little weirder. Yeah, yeah, because he's a gola. That that's a yeah. that's another can of worms. A gola. How are you married um, to Alia? I was about yeah. to mention. How are you feeling about Alia, Caleb? Oh, uh, she she reminds me of Daenerys Targaryen from uh, mm. Game of Thrones a little bit. Okay. Like mainly, is... mainly when she starts to kind of lose her shit. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, one of my favorite characters reading through that. Just so it felt like such a unique degree of uh, empathy towards her. If that makes sense. Because yeah. like, I was just so the, happy. She had so much suffering, but like so much of it's out of her control. You know, yeah. just gets fucked on. Fortunately, just born into into schizophrenia, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, choice. Hey, here's your here's your uncle. Or wait, no, is it grandfather? The Baron. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Grandfather. Father. Yeah. Believe. Yeah. yeah. Just hear that voice oh, bouncing around your head. Dude, I, I, I hate on MCU shit, but like, I never had more of like an MCU fanboy reaction than when I realized the Baron is back. Oh, dude, I was, yeah. I was going crazy. <laughs> I was hooting and hollering in my bedroom, yeah. man. It was sick. No way! No way! No way! <laughs> yeah. Um. Ah, oh, so sick. I just love the idea of ancestral memory. That's one of the coolest concepts in it's, this book. It's, it's it a really just like, cool idea. I love how they articulate the danger of it and how immense it is just through how much training a reverend mother has to go through, you know? Mm-hmm. And just how much mental prepare, preparation they have to do. It's, or yeah. you lose your mind, like, actually. Yeah. 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 Lose it to it's, one of the ancestors. Yeah. Yeah, it's Great. so cool. And just how um, Leto and Ganim- Ganima? Yeah. Uh, Ganima. Uh, Ganima, yeah. Yeah. How they uh, are trying to prepare themselves and, and live with this curse affliction. That's it's very a, interesting. That first conversation with uh, the twins and where uh, Paul and Chaney came out. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. Mm. It's, it's God. So good. Gotta, gotta reread all the dunes now, man. Gotta finish really, the three. Been reading it for like really years. The movie. I'm excited for you, Caleb, to get onto the fucking weird dude. Yeah, I, they're this building to something weird. That uh, fourth one uh, is so insane. Then the fifth and the sixth feel like like an LSD trip or some shit, man. It was oh, good. weird. I, lo- I love a good fever dream of a book. Yeah, <laughs> some of the best books. I've been getting into reading a lot more lately. Mm. Um, have you guys heard of Invincible? I've been reading through uh, the comics. Yeah, comic. yeah. Yeah, McDougal 
has been lending me all his ultimate collections he has. There's 12 oh, of those. Dude, so you got thing. like the full bone. Yeah, it's sick. Uh, he spent $900 on these, and I Whoa. don't have to spend $900 on these. I just get to read them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That that makes sense. That's a lot um, of money. It's, yeah, it's, it's like $100 per one of these like beefy collections with like a ton of issues in them. Damn. Um, very nice releases. Um, comics, though, man. I don't know. I it's like comics. Good. I do like them, but there's just this annoying, like, always returnal to the status quo, which I find very frustrating. Just no substanti- like, substantial change, it feels like. Because mm. they have it to just... make a new issue type thing, like a next issue? Yeah, but it feels different because Invincible isn't, like, tied into, like, an overarching... Uh, world. Yeah, I don't think, at least. Um, it's, like, more but of also... a... I mean, if there's so many of them at this point, right? Like they have to yeah. know they're going to keep going, so they can't. Um, but yeah, so it's just it. Change. It's a very fun series. It feels like it just falls into all the same pit pitfalls of all other comic books, just ridiculously oversexualized girls and <laughs> crazy action. Like super, they get, they get hyper violent, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, hyper violence in comics is like pretty common. Yeah. Have you read um, Watchmen, Caleb? Um, I have not read it. I've just watched the HBO show and then like watched Ooh. the old Shift X video comparing it. <laughs> well, the HBO so, show is not the comic at all. It's like a it is. Out. I know. Yeah, that's what I learned. I learned that I need to actually look at the like. I'll um. Check the I'll lend out. you the comic when you're back, or you can just yeah. buy it. It's ridiculously it, cheap. Yeah, it's, because it's, it's available everywhere. Thing. Yeah, it's have like I, the most old book like of all time. I think. Have I told you guys the reason why? It's like yeah, that. you got fucked over, right? Yeah, the author Alan Moore, he wrote it awesome with the stipulation that he will get the rights of it one year after it's finished being published, right? After it's published one year, and then he owns the rights to this. And it was such a runoff success, right? Crazy, unexpected success that DC was like, you know what? We're never going to stop printing this. Yeah. <laughs> so they just never stopped printing it. So it's the most like, um overproduced comic i think ever yeah, yeah. and he it's, got so scammed just, out of so much yeah. money oh yeah God. it's yeah he's like the most bitter person in the world <laughs> yeah about I, I don't I love blame him, him. Like he's a wizard hermit. he is a wizard crazy looking guy too um yeah what a comic though that's one of those like pieces of art where it like it makes you realize uh how an art form can be like changed and manipulated and how like the form can yeah. be fully used uh, mm-hmm. Storytell, just how like they used panels and panel buildups in that book. Like, there's oh, that one mean- moment with the like, you turn a page and it's a full page like explosion. Is all I'll say, and it like yeah. brings together a few storylines. Like, so good. My jaw was um, just on the floor. I mean, even the use of. Sorry. Oh no, you go. Okay, I was just gonna say, even like the way that narration is used in it as like yeah. a journal rather than just like a character's thoughts uh, is very yeah, it's great. Uh, I just always haven't heard Shuri read it, and all the characters are so compelling and it's so intertwined, like with American mythos and stuff. Yeah, mm. have mm. either have you read Kino. the sequel series, the Doomsday? I have Clock? not. No, it's not I that have good. Not. No, <laughs> started strong yeah. and ended on a whimper. <laughs> I think there's Rorschach. The Rorschach standalone comic books are really good. Very good. Really? Okay. Espionage thing. 
Yeah, it's like everybody oh. gets convinced that they're Rorschach, basically. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very compelling. It, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Rorschach's such a good character. They all are. Um, yeah. Love it. And the movie is very good, too. Shout out Zack Snyder. I haven't seen the movie. False. I'm lying. It sucks. Yeah, yeah I was I, I was biting my tongue. I didn't know what to say. I remember you ranting about that movie. It's like they take the most nuanced graphic novel of all time. You're like, let's give it to the least nuanced director of all time. <laughs> he'll <laughs> match the doing? novel, though. You know, he'll he'll use Splash. He did. Pages, uh, he did match that, but, but I don't yeah. think Zack Snyder can read. I don't know. Did you see that? Terry Gill well, not see, but Terry Gilliam was initially gonna make the Watchmen movie. That would have been very be interesting. Crazy. I wonder because I don't think he would have followed the comic at all. I think he would have just But that that would have been great. That's my favorite thing about the uh the show? HBO show is that they like they took the characters and kind of ran with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did new stuff. My least favorite part of that show was when it felt kind of like beholden to the source material. Yeah, it played a little safe. It felt at times. Um, great. I, really I like, like that show. show. I like the show too. Mm-hmm. I think That's, a I think couple characters are very strong. Yeah. Um, the uh, conspiracy theorist played by Tim Blake Nelson is especially yeah, awesome. so good in that show. And if the show was more of that, more original characters instead of feeling like they need to, you know, do the old characters, it would have been great. But I will say. Jeremy Irons as Ozymandias. Cast. Perfect. Perfect. Dude, I, I really know. liked on Ozymandias. That was that was fun. Um, Jeremy Irons also in Dead Ringers. He is twice. Is great. Yeah, Segway. twice. <laughs> yeah, twice. Segway. Um, do we have any more top of the show to get out of the way first? Um, um I mean, there's a reason this podcast has been delayed like an yeah. hour. <laughs> uh, I am <laughs> David Cronenberg. Uh, yeah. Whenever the movie Crash came out. I'm not gonna so you got... lay down exactly what happened here, but <laughs> let's just say cars collided. It wasn't Damn. too bad. Uh, there's Damn. no injuries or anything. Um, but I am David Cronenberg. Who was? And feel free not to answer if you don't want to. But yeah, who caused the crash? Was it you? I'm gonna plead the Fifth Amendment on that one. Okay. okay. It was. It's very, very minor. I just okay. You'll like put anything on the air before everything's been resolved. Is a bad idea. I'm so I'm, trash. So I'm gonna ask right a now. second. I'm gonna ask a second question. Go ahead. Did this awake anything inside of you? <laughs> um, well, me and the guy who who uh, were, were in the accident afterwards had sex in his back. Uh, oh, okay. After, so I mean, there was okay, that. Good. Yeah. Are but you guys going that, that's pretty normal. Uh, no. That's, James you, Dean uh, yeah. crash reenactment later. After I'm the driving park. there right now, actually. Oh shit! Thousand miles. Hello. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> you should do some uh, on the street reporting. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um. Yeah. You also saw Indiana Jones. You want to talk about that for a little bit? It's fine. I don't really have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. It was um. It's fun. Very silly. I, yeah. It, it was fine. It's um. um it's very First, very goofy. Uh, the opening the, with the DH kind of sucked. Kinda I did sucked. not like it very much, and it went on for so long, dude. Yeah, that was like and, and forty also, minutes. Old Harrison Ford's voice is a lot different than young Harrison Ford. Yeah, that kind of was like, oh, yeah, he's worse de aging than Irishman. 
uh, well, some shots I was like, wow, that's perfect. And then other I shots, thought, I was like, that looks so bad. It when, was like 50 When he, they first pull him up, right, and he has the, the potato bag sack on his head, mm-hmm. um, I'm like, okay, they're, they're acknowledging the weird de-aging, so they're probably going to have this on him for most of the set piece, right, as like a little bit of a fun little bit of hijinks, but then, no, they didn't. And then they Instead, it's were stuck in that for 40 minutes. Just bleh. Why didn't they could have started that whole thing on the train too? Like the whole first bit was pointless. I don't know. I don't know. It just but, didn't feel um, very Indiana Jonesy, you know, like it felt like a very pale imitation. Yeah. And the directing wasn't super like, especially I just rewatched all the four um, Spielberg, Indiana Joneses. And those are like, just, Oh, just all the blocking. I need, those to are re- so I need to rewatch those movies. Those are great, man. Those are yeah, really fun. To- Even the fourth one, man. I think the fourth one's great, too. Okay, I, I was think. told never to watch it, so I haven't because I forget <sighs> who, but they were, they were like, I don't know if it was their thing, but they adamantly hated the fourth one and told me, like, that's never a lot to of watch people. It. That's yeah. a lot yes. of people. I feel like Nick probably hates the fourth one, even. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty good. But, like, <laughs> fourth one's good it's very flawed of course but i think it's pretty good um yeah yeah this this new one it's good i think the ending should have ended in a different place than it did if you catch my drift you can spoil it you sure yep Uh, it's okay (laughs) this is a pretty insane spoiler yeah (laughs) um yeah it's kind of like a crazy sentence you would not expect me to say, Caleb. Okay, so now, now you have to say it. Indiana Jones time travels, bro. Yes, they fucking did it. Yeah. They did. Of, just, course they, he, of course they did it. He and time he wants travels. to stay. In like he should have stayed. He should have stayed. Archimedes. How perfect, how perfect would that have been if he, um, if he stayed? He, came part. he would have just died there. I mean, he like, would, that's, that's what he wants. <laughs> Kind of die, but it's like he becomes part of the history he loves so much, and also there can never be another Indiana Jones movie. Perfect. No, there Perfect. could be one in ancient Rome. No, he's dead. fucking ancient Rome. You can't do more. But now it's like no, they could do we can more. bring him back with a. Like, it felt like it felt like Guardians Three, like, man. It felt like Guardians Three, where it's like we can do more. You know. We have yeah, to do more, <laughs> dude. They, they kill fucking. More. They kill Shia LaBeouf off. In Vietnam, how crazy! I think, is that? I think he's on a secret mission. Yeah, in hmm? Vietnam. Nah, he's coming. In back. Vietnam, off screen. Nah, oh, dude, dude, he's coming back, thousand percent. It's no, shy, I, don't, I think Indiana Jones is so dead. This movie made like no money. Like it lost yeah. so much money. That's the sad truth. Yeah. yeah, that kid sucked. That kid was oh, so was bad so too. Boring. Like, um, I went with my dad, and he was like. I had, he really hated how they took Sala out of Egypt because like mm. in Egypt, he's like this, it seems like well off guy. Like he's yeah. doing well, he's got his big family. And then in America, he's like a cab driver lives in this like cramped <laughs> apartment. Like your life was and not, he's... is not better in America. No, welcome to the yeah. American dream, bitch. Yeah, exactly. There's a line in the movie where he thanks Indiana Jones for like getting him to America too. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but he's also like begging him. He's like, "Please yeah. take me with you, Indiana Jones. Yeah. I don't want to be here." Sala's whole part in that film felt very like fan servicey. Um, yeah, 
was kind of barely. And in it. I thought he I was, was expecting the whole movie. I was expecting a lot more fan service in this movie, so it wasn't too bad for that, in my opinion. It was. I mean, they kind of brought back like the recognizable characters that would still be alive. You know? Him, Marion, Marion, and Sala. Name another yeah. Indiana Jones character. Marion makes sense because he fucking he got married to her the last yeah. movie. And man, rewatching that fourth movie, I'm not gonna lie, that was like a perfect ending in that one. And they just they stole it away from Indy. I don't know. And it just money. feels so it is money. Yeah. But I did like he, it. I think some pretty solid action. He's a professor at like a community college now. <laughs> yeah. He's a shitty apartment. Uh, uh, yeah, his life has really gone downhill. The old man. Yeah. I really love the villain though, Mads Mikkelsen. Great, oh, great shit, villain. I didn't understand why any of his cronies were with him. They didn't like explain that, especially the one. I assume they were just neo Nazis or Nazis. But what about the one black lady? <laughs> oh, she was CIA, bro. She, she was CIA. I, she was okay. She was still like crazy a... that the CIA would like help this Nazi. Oh, dude, um, it's the CIA. I, it I is thought the it kind of worked, are. honestly, because they weren't doing it under Nazi pretenses at that point. They were just doing it as, hey, I helped create the um, the rocket, you know, so let me help. So let me do this like weird little archaeological side should have been like, no, we're, we're protecting you as a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing enough. I thought it worked, and I thought Mads Mikkelsen hammed it up delightfully in this. He did. I love how he just had the whole Nazi fit ready to go. He just busted out the suitcase like it's go time. Glasses. I was right? born for this. Yeah, and I love how his whole thing was like, Haler was an idiot. I can do this right. I thought that <laughs> was very fun. I thought that yeah. was like delightfully campy Indiana Jones. Yes. Um, there's like three chases in this, three car chases in this movie. I guess so so stale too that little like um, bike thing breaks down yeah. at one point and they spend like five minutes fixing it like yeah. they stole that thing they need to just go get a different <laughs> one who cares yeah just steal it and the there's car. there's yeah. so many plot sequencing moments in that right the kid gets angry because some like people are bullying him or something so he runs off turns a corner the villains are there they capture him and then in and then we cut to indiana jones running along and he sees him like getting driven away with them it's like the plot sequencing feels like it feels like a first draft man well even the beginning is like it's very clunky with like how yeah. Mikkelsen finds out about the dial being there like it's yeah. like super coincidental he just like happens mm-hmm. to be in the same area and yeah. it's like whatever but so it's like this movie i think it works the, the goofiness and like a lot of the actual plot points but in the plot sequencing it falls apart direction mm-hmm. it falls apart it's just pretty bloated but i think it's a good movie but if i rewatch i probably would not like it a ton uh, yeah hey it was fine it's fine six out of ten it's pretty good it shouldn't have cost 300 million dollars to make wait 300 million holy shit something like yeah. that shouldn't have been made maybe but yeah oh well the dial of destiny yep I used to really hate that name, but uh, history will be to it. Yep. Um. Yeah. So six out of ten. Uh, Dead Ringers though. Dead Honestly, Ringers. Wow. Oof. Our first so Cronenberg. Our first Cronenberg. Oh, I feel like nice. a lot of Critter Pit, like just the discussions that we would have about Cronenberg movies, like 
yeah it kind of was inspired by that in a weird mm-hmm. way. yeah because we we bonded so much over our love of cronenberg cronenberg well, i i introduced you to videodrome right you did yeah because I'd, I'd only seen fly a long time ago and uh mm-hmm. crimes the future which mean caleb saw the theater what, one day what a theater what a theater experience that was that is yeah. a weird theater experience it's a fun movie. i remember the whole time we were eating popcorn and then a scene would happen we'd put our popcorn down yeah <laughs> and then it would tame out we'd start eating again and then a scene would happen we put it down it was a it was a whole process yep. a um, whole cycle i remember after we watched it we jumped into uh what was it uncharted uncharted and sonic oh yeah <laughs> first time i've ever triple only time I've ever theater hopped. And yeah, uh, yeah that was pretty fun. I'm glad I'm you sorry. paid for Crimes of the Future, though. And not the oh, yeah. No, that would have been crazy. Love Crimes of the Future. Also, in the last, in the last 20 minutes, the, uh, the lights flipped on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The lights just turned on. So it was all like, it felt very naked. You know, we were all with these other people. We saw there all the other. eight of us in the theater. <laughs> we saw all the other freaks we were seeing this with, you know? Yeah. Like, was it? Who are you, people? Was it Crimes of the Future where somebody just like left through it, like halfway through it? Um, No, every you're thinking of something. Everyone who went to Crimes of the Future, everyone after the first scene stayed in it. I'm thinking of X. Somebody left at when it started getting violent in X. Yeah, my um, family left uh, at my Pearl viewing the second time I went to see it. (laughs) Oh, nice! (laughs) When she was like humping the uh, yeah. Dude, a whole family. They left. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I love yeah. just what. What do you think the communication process is for leaving there? Does like just the, the patriarch the mom, or matriarch go like, "Let's go." They I all look, the at each other. look at each other, and then they like, "Let's go," and they all was it a were, were they all so like kids or? It was like or... I think the like fourteen was the youngest kid. Oh my god, what are we doing? So it was here? like. You know, if it's pitched as like it's a Wizard of Oz horror movie, <laughs> you could be like, "Oh, I could take a fourteen-year-old to that." It'll be I'm spooky, so but like, I think the world needs more experiences like that that just are not truthful in their marketing. I think oh yeah, no, I think we it's need to a damn shame more. that more things don't monopolize on how fun that is. By just everyone lying. should lie. Everyone yeah. should lie. Especially but Caleb, marketing. Did you watch Dead Ringers with your siblings? No, Did I read your review, right? That okay, a... I... God. I thought you <laughs> watched this with your fucking siblings, man. That would have been nuts. <laughs> nah, dude. That was the joke. How, how old are that. your siblings? Um, They are uh, 14, 16. <laughs> I'm sure they would have loved it. Yeah, I, I was thinking of doing that and then uh, back-to-back with Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> <laughs> Great drug movies. Drugs are good. Exactly. That's I, I love like drugs. Being an older sibling, I think that I need to show some guidance. So that's what I did. There you go. So Dead Ringers, 1988. Caleb, as a guest, you want to introduce this film? Nah, I'll leave it. I'll leave it to the pros. Okay. Okay. Um, this film go follows the twin gynecologists Beverly and Elliot Mantle. As they Dr. practice, Doctor Elliot Mantle. Yeah, my, my my apologies. As they uh, they do what they do, 
and what they do is extremely fucking weird and off. <laughs> very, very weird. Um, really if is. I could, if I could yeah. describe this movie in one word, it would be ethical. <laughs> um, can we put a question damn. mark next to ethics? We can. Damn, dude, what a! Oof. I I loved this movie. Oh shit, it's a lot um, of fun. God I've been man. doing my Cronin binge, and I I wanted to do it, so this was the finish, the finale of my Cronin binge. But I have one movie left, the Cronin binge. Yeah. Which is the um the incredible Cronenberg's probably most like uh, acclaimed film. Um M Butterfly <laughs> will be the last one I'll be watching from him. But um man, what a treat it has been to watch all the, the Cronenbergs. And this one, cherry on top. This one yep. feels like such a a natural extension of everything he does, mm-hmm. everything he do. But it also feels like like more like a movie than a lot of his other movies. I don't know. Yeah. If- I don't know how to explain it, but it's like cleaner. It's know, very tight. It. It's yeah. very tight and focused, right? Like yeah. it, we're nearly every scene just with our two characters. Uh, the entire film is basically on two sets. You know, uh, um, it's great, man. God, what a, what a great film. Great film. I love that production design, as always, with David Cronenberg. Right, like just man. I I was thinking when I was watching that. The, the apartment they have, I was thinking that is definitely the apartment of um, uh, very weird gynecologist twins, you know? Yes. Like, it, it, it perfectly fits. captured yep. it. The, the, they live together. Is that we all do they do together, though? Together. Yeah. I have, um, my cousins are actually twins, and this film, very accurate. Very, very <laughs> accurate. Uh oh. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, twins are weird, though. Can we get into that? Okay, I was, I'm really happy you brought this up. So I would like to tell you about um, two twins, the Sedin brothers. They played hockey. Okay. Uh, they played for Vancouver. They mm, decided okay. to marry a set of twins. No, no. They had kids who no. were identical. So technically, <laughs> they are. Wait, what? They are half brothers. Yeah, Ooh. they're not cousins, right? They're like... they're, they are cousins, but then yeah. they're also half brothers. What? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you have the same like um, genetic makeup as your twin, right? So then, yeah, if you have a, yeah, it's really weird. That's just really weird. What and freak like, shows, man? So, so there's like, so there's pictures of them, and they're like, so they're also like super athletic, and there's like this picture of them both running a marathon with an identical baby like and like whatever they carry them on like your chest as you run yeah. and it's just like i wonder how the conversation of you know what we need to find uh, a set of twins like how does well i hope this film provides some answers for you, you i know? think they watched this film and they were like we yeah. gotta do that yeah. hey <laughs> this seems think... sick as fuck um yeah. man and sick as fuck it is I felt I felt Twisted. sick watching this movie at some points. Yes. There's a this film exceeds so much in just crafting this atmosphere of just just being so unnerving. Yeah. And so uncomfortable. There's this scene where like I believe it's Beverly, another great thing about this film, at points you don't even know which oh. one it is. Oh, yeah, right? It's awesome. Yeah. 
there's a scene yeah. of Beverly just shaving, and I was like on the <gasps> edge of my seat, dude. I was yeah. like, I was like, like, is like it gonna be this fucking face off? That's what I, I was. I was expecting yeah. a cheek to get like cut open and like yeah. some like voice to like start talking from yeah. the like crack. Cronenberg knows how to just string you along, you know. And um, people people say this one's definitely more psychological, which is for sure is. But there is some. Mm-hmm. There are crazy, some body horror, crazy body horror. The um, nightmare sequence. Oh God, that Beverly has dude. where he and Elliot are literally attached. They're yeah, Siamese twins you. with this Cronenberg lump tumor yep. thing, right? And then they're uh, the actress, which Beverly's fallen for, just starts eating it apart. It's oh yeah. Oh. oh, it's so great. It's such oh. a great season, but like it's so yeah. gross. So gross. And um just the tools that Beverly the tools most Cronenberg, like just those oh, shapes. Yeah. God, like, I that... love that. I would buy those tools. Like they're so gross. For that fucking women. Claw. Yeah. But like claw. at the heart of it, just the relationship with these two brothers is like the most unnerving and weird thing, right? Yep. Yep. Just these two guys who, they're like the logical Supremes, right? They mm-hmm. hold themselves above all these other people because yeah. they just exist in their own, like, sealed world, yeah. right? They have manipulation other. down to a science, right? Like, yeah. You know, it's easy for them. But... Yeah. Because the main conceit of this film, the plot pretty much is a, uh, um, well, tag Elliot, team. of course. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah, tag team. Elliot yeah. is the, the confident, suave, go-getter, kind of the salesman of the two. And Beverly is the meek, kind of more... He's the nerd. He's the nerd. It's a classic Chad versus Virgin kind of yeah. meme. But they're twins, so they love each other and will bring along no matter what. Like, there's that undeniable yeah. like bond of twins that he expects. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's always them. Yeah. The end of the yeah. day. And, uh, but yeah, oh, the main conceit until it isn't. is exactly because Elliot brings in this actress who's shooting a, uh, a mini series in Toronto because, you know, shout out Cronenberg for shooting everything in Canada. I love it. Yeah. But, um, Beverly, because Elliot sleeps with her and then kind of discards her onto Beverly, which it's, it's implied that this is a continuous thing, right? Well, where we Elliot should also get... talk about why, how the actress met. Uh, oh yeah, she's the patient. <laughs> he's their patient. She's trying to get pregnant. So, but like, she has three. Yeah, um, so she's like uteruses. a Cronenberg. She yeah, she has three uteruses, which is very interesting. Very Cronenberg. Um, that was going to go further than it did. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was waiting. Um, we keep getting surgery scenes. I kept being on the edge of my seat. Like, what's going to happen? It's very restrained. It definitely feels like a more mature Cronenberg in a way. Now, you know, it's it earlier Cronenberg. Yeah, eighty-eight. It's middle Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. It feels like it almost plays on like how extreme some of his earlier stuff was. Exactly. Yes, and it's like, it hey, this is this is what you know. But what if I like subvert your expect- expectations just enough, but like. Still tell a really fucked up and interesting story. Yep. Yeah. It um, as I said, it strings you along. He knows what he's doing, Cronenberg. Yep. And this is like a masterwork in that. Just absolutely. Ugh. Just every every level of this is like disturbing, right? Like, oh, I love the open credits. They are so good. It's like this uh, 
bloody red with all these like medieval drawings of like tools and uh the strings and, uh, that twins play. it's yeah. ugh, it's it, it's one of the best opening credit sequences it like perfectly gets you in the mood for what's about to come yeah um Cronenberg has some killer opening intros man i love the one in crash, crash. Like, passing yeah, the objects in the headlights it's yeah amazing that might um, be my favorite Cronenberg, love Cronenberg, or just opening, like intro. the opening. No, my favorite Cronenberg is Videodrome. Yeah, yeah. Mine is either Videodrome or The Fly. I gotta rewatch The Fly. I haven't seen. I need it to. Here. I need to watch The Fly. I'm still kind of chugging my way through Cronenberg. Yeah, I get it. Um, Videodrome just kind of like changed like the way that I see movies, even where it's like you can, yeah, you can do Fuck. this. It's just that, that awesome movie. Bit. That movie deserves its own its own pit. Oh, oh it, it will. will be. It's um actually let me turn my head and look here. Two forty eight. Okay, Maybe we got like the got... best criterion like cover. Like oh, it's the best yeah. criterion. That's yeah. that's an awesome cover. You pull it out and it's like a video cassette out of the box. Oh, it's perfect slip cover. It's so cool. And it's the only one with the like multicolor um criterion little stamp on the side. It's amazing. Yep. It's awesome. I saw that uh, Criterion was doing like a re-release of a lot of Cronenberg stuff in 4K. Oh yeah, I was really Ugh. hoping they were doing a Dead Ringers one because like it hasn't been yep. available for so long. But they're they're not. It's just I got I don't know if I've ever mentioned on the pod, but I was gonna. I was so close to getting the the the, ugh, the Dead Ringers Criterion. Um, yep. it's out of print now for a long time, but I was about to get one, but they just they fucked me. eBay fucked you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still. You got a you got a refund on it, right? I did, luckily, because like after watching this movie, especially like I need that. This is such a good movie. Um, I love how the twins are like the perfect encapsulation of Cronenberg's style, right? This super perverse, um, kind of clinical and cold, sterile people, because that's like Cronenberg's shooting style. It's so cold, sterile, measured, cold, measured yeah. exactly, because. Let's talk about like the technological, like almost advancements in this film. Like the compositing technology here is incredible mm -hmm. with the two irons on screen. Pretty seamless. It's it's great, man, because where was it? This was the first usage of something, one of the first usages of a technique. Of the twin wingman team. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's the first one of the first uses of computer-controlled moving matte photography, because with other films that are shot like this, right, you'll just have the invisible split on the frame. Yeah, you know. But in this, I believe they did a technique where they move that invisible split with the camera movements. So that's how mm -hmm. you have it, where you can have the two irons like crossing the crossing. screen together. And yeah, it's that... so seamless. Yeah, it's, yeah, you um, can't go. And watching it, it doesn't even feel like in a way where they're like trying to show off, right? It, it never feels like that. It just yeah, subtle. It and is. would you say um, this movie did it better or the Flash twenty twenty three to Ezra Miller's? That's tough, actually. That's tough because because in yeah. the Flash they just CGI'd uh, Ezra Miller's face onto a random body. Dead Ringers doing any kind of cool composite. and the Flash are definitely probably in the same league. I think pretty Those much two, the same movie when i think about it pretty much the same movie oh, when i think about it if the flash oh dude the dead ringers like fit you know the red oh. fit 
dude. That's the Flash costume. Oh God. I'm I, shocked I, in the Flash when they're seeing all the CGI abominations that you didn't see Jeremy Irons in there, you know? <laughs> the two Jeremy Irons. Oh, Jeremy yeah. Irons is in the woman. Flash, though. He is in the Flash. Oh, yeah. He, he's <laughs> Alfred. <laughs> dude. Oh, yeah. The multiverse is opening. Oh, my God. Oh, Jeremy Irons is in everything. I have never appreciated up. Jeremy Irons as much as I have today. He is amazing. And yeah. this so good. So, so good. good. At first, right, it's like he sets up a distinct uh, kind of difference between the two. You can tell who he is based on just how he plays him, right? How we just, uh, it's great. But as boy. it goes He's on, crazy. right, like they get so, so, like the, the barriers completely dissolve. Every especially, scene you're guessing who it is, especially with the actress. Sometimes, like, you oh yeah, can't tell anymore. It, I love how it's like the they're like twin kind of gimmick. It's playing a game on everyone they come across, but also the audience. It's really fantastic stuff. Yeah, and Irons kills it. I was reading he played the two twins. He would uh get into like different energies when he played them because he had originally did it so he'd have two different dressing rooms for both of the characters oh, and okay. that's how he'd get into it but then he decided like the point of this is that you're not sure which twin it was so he he opted out of that and instead he kind of did this thing where he'd like play the characters differently so mm-hmm. for one of them he'd play them like on the heels of his feet and for the yeah. other he played it on like the balls of his feet which i find like oh, that's awesome isn't that so interesting that's so okay yeah. like yeah Huh. This wouldn't get any ac- academic um, Academy Awards. Academy Awards, right? Academy no, I don't Awards. think so. But I mean, it definitely should have. Like, uh-huh. interesting editing techniques. The writing is just incredible. Acting across the board. The sound. The sound Genie awards. Yeah. Well, shout wow. out the Genie Awards. Yeah. <laughs> I love how, like, I love the world building in this. Cronenberg is always so good on the world building. He knows how to construct, like, a compelling, kind of, like, shady world. And this is kind of, like, the reverse. In this, he crafts this world of prestige and acclaim with mm-hmm. uh, how everybody knows the famous uh, mental twins. And I love how, yep. like, they're, they're kind of derided by being called, like, the mental twins at points. And how they, these guys, like, created tools for this industry. I loved that, right? They are pioneers. Yeah. Well-respected, revered. Yeah. Yeah, and they've left a, like, indelible mark on this, and I just thought it was fantastic in that way. Um, Yeah, and then you just see the crumbling as that Beverly gets addicted. Addicted to to drugs. Painkillers. This is based on a book. Yes, Twins. Twins. Yeah. Which is based on a true event twins. exactly which is really interesting i thought this is based on a true life event from 75 i believe um these two wow. twin gynecologists who were found both dead in their apartment in yep. just a state of decay their apartment was just fucked up yeah. um just trashed uh just rotting old dishes and it's assumed that they both died of barbiturate overdoses right but mm-hmm. only the one did. The second Heartbreak. one, I think. Yeah, right. something like that. Five days later. Um, and there's an actual really interesting wow, that's, where... Sorry, yeah. something that's a little crazy to the story as well. It was like July 17th, which is almost today. Was when they oh, died. fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Like in almost 50 years 
ago. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is cursed vibes. Cursed They're vibes. with us now. But Good yeah, um, do you know how in the film, uh, uh, who was it? Beverly left the apartment for a bit and tried to call Claire. Yeah. That's like yeah. actually something that happened. They saw one of the twins leaving the apartment around the time that uh, they like chemically uh, dated it that the one twin overdosed. Yeah. Mm. Oh, something shit. sus going on there. No, there's. Very. Oh, absolutely. I love the, how crazy this movie gets. Twins. Good. Just the just, amount of pharmaceuticals they have. Yeah. And also, here's the other thing is it plays off the hubris of the characters because they think mm-hmm. since they prescribe it that they can control themselves. Yeah. They're like, we'll kick it on Monday. Monday, yeah. We'll yeah, kick Monday. We'll, no problem. Yeah. But and right then now, the I want to take in some orange pop. He fucking dissects his brother. That scene yeah. is oh. so gnarly, brutal. Oh. And just and just when he gets up, and it's like Ellie, Ellie, Ellie? Yeah. and he's like Ellie? looking around, Ellie? and like it's like, Ellie. and he like knows he's over there, right? But he doesn't want to look at him. And just the yeah. whole time, slightly out of focus, it's just him like chest open, all the just tools blood. covered in blood. It's awesome Mutilated, tools, mutilated, like with yeah. no Ugh. rhyme or reason. Oh. Classic Cronenberg. He killed it with this one, man. Oh my god, so good. Just one thing. Yeah. One really small detail. It was at the start. Um, when we see um, Ellie. Uh, he's he like puts on his uh puts on the glove, and it's like really quick and seamless. And he always discards the glove, like it's really clean. At the end, do you see how yellow and filthy the fucking glove he puts on it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Disgusting. Dude, Looks like it's being like, reused. Even like, just yeah, the it way has he blows up the glove is just exactly like, yeah weird. yeah. <laughs> it's such it's, so different than the person we saw at the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, it is Fuck. so good. Gnarly. Um, uh, I we love haven't really scene. talked about the red um, surgeon Dude, outfits yet. What I a, love that. We should such dress a like great that Halloween, man. Yeah, awesome. I'm I'm game. Like, yeah, like man, just so cool, just so such striking imagery. I was like trying to put my word on what this film felt like the whole time going through it, but like reading reviews, it's Red. like it's, it's medieval. That's what it feels like. Man. It is, yeah. Like, they feel like priests, like demonic priests in those red outfits in this like chamber performing their their rituals and all the tools they um have, and especially ones he makes later on are like. And how- uh, uh, like they can be watched too. Like there's a window into it. Yeah, Feels for the current so audience as well as you know, the audience that's watching. Exactly, uh, it's great. really great. good, man. I love the scene with uh, when they're playing in the still of the night from the from um, Irishman, bro. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> and when they're both uh, dancing with the girl, hugging her up. Oh, it's so weird. So weird. That's such an uncomfortable scene. So uncomfortable. Like, ugh. Ugh. And that girl's, like, kind of into it, too. She's totally into it. Yeah, oh, no. She she wants it. (laughs) Yeah. How about how this movie opens up with, first thing you hear, chorus Cronenberg, have you heard about sex? Like, a child's voice. Yeah, like, I... uh, Oh, David. No, David. And then just the whole dialogue or should i say monologue with those two twins as they're walking it's it's just perfect so good they're talking about like how fish reproduce 
and yep. how they they kind of wish to be like that because they they hate the interpersonal entanglements which is kind of the whole conflict of this film right because their relationship dissolves with this entangling of claire um the actress into it you know yeah so it's oh it's great it's such good writing shout out canada dude i love the um the metaphor of them kind of calling all these like women who seek their care like mutant women right it's like projection almost of their own inner just deformity right yeah and i love how it's like no no it can't be the tools these tools are like the logical supreme right (laughs) i cannot possibly be created the perfect tool for the the job it's just like and then the way they rationalize it right is like the women are getting more mutated the tools need to get more advanced you know these women are crazy they're having sex with dogs yeah so they go through like an art installation and get like a this avant-garde sculptor to make them some tools it's just so good like just, mathematics and metal yeah Beautiful. it's like such a good synthesis Beautiful. of everything maybe that's what engineers up. do i think so <laughs> yeah they make gynecologist tools for mutant women yep maybe i think so during um sid and nancy the movie we talked about last week throughout my notes it was just me talking about how annoying i found all the characters for this movie it was just a lot of this is so weird <laughs> yeah. so uncomfortable you know yeah. just like every scene man i hate these people but i cannot look away i love these people these people may get on the pod i want to meet these people like we gotta get some ugh. twins on the pod Need some twins. yeah we did i'll get my uh, cousins on yeah dude i think i saw bellman the other day what he looked like such a tweaker, bro. <laughs> he had like an ins- he had insane tweaker stare. Um, <laughs> you guys want to hear something really crazy though? Sure. De Niro was being considered for this role. The fuck would De Niro do in this? I don't Bobby think that would have been right. De Niro. That would have been insane. And this is okay. This is what I found on Amazon trivia, but apparently he turned down the role because he felt uncomfortable playing gynecologist. (laughs) (laughs) A gynecologist, (laughs) not not weird. I I, I, I'm down to fuck a bunch of women with my twin, but I draw the line (laughs) of being a gynecologist. Gynecology. He's just like a legitimate hey, it's a, profession. It's not a man's profession. It's not a man's profession. <laughs> it's just I, really I want to believe that's true. Society. Yeah, that's Ugh. really funny. That would have been such a different movie. It would have been, man. How about uh, Al Pacino in this role? I think Al Pacino would have been better than De Niro. Originally, they were going to get a uh, William Hurt for this role. Is who they're looking at? That makes sense. I was also yeah. thinking. The guy from Videodrome would have been fun. Just like more on James Woods. Yeah. James Woods in this role. I hate James like, Woods' face. Oh, so punchable. It would have been too much. Because Jeremy Irons is a very attractive man, right? So it, it yeah. works. Like You it get would, it. Yeah, it's like, you know, <laughs> I understand. I could find myself in these positions, right? So yeah. it's yeah. It was good um for verisimilitude whatever yeah yeah man what a dope film so happy we finally watched it and i need the criterion i will be buying the criterion i believe the last cronenberg criterion right that you don't own 
Yes, I own all five of the other ones. Yeah, yeah. I actually just unpackaged a Criterion that I got today. Oh, uh, they finally came. One of them because fucking okay. Barnes and Noble suck. And in the in order of three Criterions, they ship one separately because they are jackals. And but which um, one? Repo Man, baby. Oh, such a good movie. Such a good movie. I and love such that a good Criterion release. as well. Just such beautiful artwork on it, man. Got a sick like, booklet. Sick booklet, and just like I love just this crazy zany punk art, like the yep. front of car as sunglasses. It's awesome. It's awesome. Highly recommend it. Um, would have been it's nice if I got it last week with but... uh, Harry Dean Stanton in. Oh um, yeah, Criterion, where he's just like a crazy old man. How about um Harry Dean Stanton in this role? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love him. Things that... I don't. I don't know. Oh, man, yeah, man, what a good movie. What about Adam Not... Sandler in this role? Oh, but it's, it's Jack and Jill. What he about my Dead Ringers, but Jack and Jill. <laughs> what about Dead Ringers? It's Jack and Jill, and in the end, they make the the remote from Click. That's the tools they develop. Yep. This is the. Gynecologist tool for mutant woman. Yeah. Can we, can we please bring the Sandlerverse into the Cronenverse? I love that. I, I definitely I would see love Adam Sandler in a Cronenberg movie. Oh my god, that would be so good. Oh my god. Put him in so Crimes good. of the Future, just as like a weird background guy. You know what I want for David Cronenberg? I want David Cronenberg to get a role like um, David Lynch's in The Fablements. I want him to have something like that. Cronenberg is an like, actor. He's in Star Trek. I know. He's in quite a bit. So I yeah. want a role like him for that in some sort of like... I mean, maybe I can write that role for him. <laughs> you do it. Just say that you're Canadian. Yeah. It makes me, it, Except for it makes me so Alberta. happy that he's Canadian. I love yeah. it. And he seems to be proud of it. Like He, ma- he sets his movies in Canada. It's awesome. Yep. It's so sick, man. This crash video drone, um, all the best. Love it, just the goats. Yep, Ugh. love, love, love. Nine out of ten. I gave it an eight out of ten, but it could easily move to a nine or even probably a ten if on a rewatch. Yeah, I this could be a seven 10. just because I was really, really uncomfortable. So also I also gave it crash probably... seven, Caleb. Hmm. You also gave Crash a seven, which I found okay. you know, heartbreaking. I think thinking okay, now that I've watched this, I think Crash probably moves up to like an eight or nine. And we should have a short it... little crash discussion. Have we told crash. the story of when we watched Crash, Ethan? I don't think so. <laughs> you wanna I'm unfamiliar. Uh yeah. well we we would watch movies in Jake's basement during our second semester. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Movies, we do double features. And one night we knew we were going to do a crash and titan double feature. That was the idea. <sighs> Two kind of fucked up car movies. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Uh, one of our colleagues was there from school and he fucking hated this movie. <laughs> hated it. He was Bro. so, <laughs> so uncomfortable. Uh, so much of the fact that I think he probably sees us as like lesser degenerates of it. Yeah, he was like, "There's just like boob, it. like every scene. There's just, just sex. Just it's just so sex. sex. It's just porn." Yeah, and you know, 
It kind it of is. is, but like, but you it's have also Cronenberg. So it's the art like, of it. Exactly. It was his first Cronenberg. I don't think he knew what he was getting himself into. Yeah. I think that movie's such a good litmus test for like. Are you cool? I don't. Are you cool? Exactly. <laughs> but just no, like. No, I think show him Videodrome. I think that's a better litmus test. No, no, no. I'm talking about litmus test for like. I don't know. Like. That movie's very testing, is all I'll say. Yeah. Of, um, Crash is things. a lot. It is. But it is a lot. By the end. Um... On a first watch, I was like, this is a good movie. You know, wasn't too passionate, but on the second watch, I'm like, I get it. I see. So maybe I just need to rewatch it. Maybe that's maybe that's my reason. I rewatched it very stoned too, which always helps you see the vision. I watched this movie very stoned, which partially led to the um, like insane panic. (laughs) Yeah, Mm, I just love it's it's the best vibe. Like I watched this movie at like three a.m. Oh. Perfect I, vibes. Just yeah, no. Whenever I watch a Cronenberg, I try to make sure like I'm in the right mindset, which is like yeah, just like ready to be terrified. Have you seen Naked Lunch yet? I have oh, not. No, that's oh, the one I keep on telling Caleb to watch next. Three a.m. tonight. The most ever dream of a movie ever. That's his yeah. most feverish film for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. You know what's yeah, the best thing about Cronenberg? It. Yeah, it's awesome. The best thing about Cronenberg. He creates such a crazy and unique vibe in all his films that I don't think they'll ever be replicated or have been. You know, like you look at the vibes that Crash puts out there, one of a kind, dude. Like one of a fucking kind. His worlds are so like I don't know, they're so, so real and just like how yeah. dirty they are. Like I don't know. I know. It's just like but it's they're so great. Contained. It tells a contained scene, story. The scene yeah. I always come back to in uh, Crash is just the scene of the car crash. And they pull up and the guy starts taking photos. It's yeah. just so insane. But also, like, it feels like he's saying so much through it, too. Right. Yeah. Because that's the thing with Cronenberg in, in just its images. Right. It's schlock. It's very well produced schlock, but a schlock. But then through the writing, and through all the, the storytelling of film, there's such like smart undercurrents there. You know, Definitely. like you look at what Videodrome its place in like media it's good video drum some scary shit. yeah it feels yeah. prophetic almost it is it totally is it's a like scary. like the church of the cathode ray man or whatever yeah like man uh, that is some some very relevant imagery is all that, i'll say it seems <laughs> yeah. like something that south park would have like as a it joke. does yeah like, today though and Cronenberg yeah. was doing this in the 80s, man. 70s. Yeah. Dude, so VR wasn't even a thing. He is so goaded. And, like, the the whole, like, little contingent in Videodrome of, like, the rise of fascism, sort of, and reactionary politics. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, Cronenberg's so good, and, man. And, yeah, just the um, place in, of media and manipulation of yeah, people's exactly. media. Right? Like, just incredible. Um, Ugh, another thought. Just, there's this amazing Cronenberg trilogy that forms with a uh, Naked Lunch, Videodrome, and Existence because they all deal with uh, people's uh, relationship to to media. So Videodrome deals with the video, you know, media, and yeah. um, again, uh, Naked Lunch is like with books, books. and lit- literature, and Existence is with video games. It's awesome. <sighs> Such a great world trilogy. 
There's so it's, many good stories to tell. There is. I'm addicted. Cronenberg yeah. is so goaded, and when he dies, I think I'll stop eating for a month at least. Yep. Yeah. He won't die. Um, he'll, he'll he'll transcend to the cathode ray tube. Yeah. <laughs> I'll live forever in the TV. The yeah. TV world. Wait, Ethan, just fucking hook yourself up to one of those crimes of the future-esque devices. Oh, make you feel put yourself better. in the chair. Yeah, that'll make you feel better. I don't want none of that. No, dude, dude, it's okay. It's okay. Hey. Dude, you, know it. you know what the awesome thing about Cronenberg is? We've been talking about like three movies. Dude, that's 22 movies. Yeah. How sick is that? And I've now seen 21 of them. And they're all so different, but so the same. I don't know, like, yeah, so great. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through my Cronenberg ranking here just to put it out there. All 21, all 21, baby. Should I start okay. at the top or bottom? Start at the bottom. Uh, bottom. Okay. Fast Company, Crimes of the Future, the original, Stereo, <laughs> Cosmo- Cosmopolis, Spider, oh, Dead Zone, Rabbit, um, A Dangerous Method, Maps to the Stars, Shivers, The Brood. So good. Existence, um, History of Violence, Eastern Promises, Scanners, Crimes of the Future, the new one, Naked Lunch, we're entering in the top five now. Yep. Naked Lunch is fifth. Dead Ringers, Crash, Videodrome, and then The Fly. The Fly is, number, the fly one is number one. Just because I've only seen it a long time ago and I absolutely like loved it so much. Yeah. So I'll need to revisit that one. But I just love the body horror melodrama man i eat that shit up and jeff goldblum's a national treasure he is a national treasure i loved him in deep cover deep cover great movie deep cover <laughs> gotta watch that movie sound oh, i've not dude, even heard of it cover. what is deep cover it's this uh kind of like black exploitation super like flashy um neon <laughs> soaked yeah, yeah it's, oh, he's so good man and Lawrence fishburne like a uh, gangster drama from the 90s i believe it's oh, some of the best it's the, some of the best utilization of like narration I've ever seen in film. It's so it's, good. It's really stylized and it's poetic. A lot man. of fun. Also, I don't think I've ever seen a like Jeff Goldblum in this type of role. Yeah, yeah, dude, he's fucking villainous. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Good, great uh, movie. I definitely have to watch that then. I love uh, Lawrence Fishburne too. I think he's super. Oh good. yeah, he's yeah, such he's a awesome. goat, man. And this is his best role ever. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like every so Jeff Goldblum well. or not Jeff Goldblum, uh, fuck, uh, Lawrence Fishburne Lawrence. movie I've seen, I love, right? Like, dude, I can't oh, think this of a is right up one. your alley, Sam. You're about to okay, ten out of ten, man. Oh yeah. Um, I have the uh, Criterion on the way too. Oh, oh nice, very hot, very hot. Oh uh, wait, so we, does that mean that eventually you guys get to talk about that movie? Oh eventually. yeah, hell yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I'm hopping on for that. God, so hell many yeah. good movies. Yeah, I um, hope this is probably not my first and only appearance on this show. No, bro, you're no, invited no, you're back. On when... <laughs> yeah, you've been on like three episodes now. I, I guess believe. I have made some of. Oh, right, fucking solo. Yep. Yeah, that was recent. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for making me relive that movie. <laughs> you didn't have Did to rewatch it. it. No, I didn't. But just even oh, thinking yeah. about it. It can yeah. be painful. Trying to find more good movies. Graham had some really crazy takes throughout that whole thing. He did. <laughs> Shout out like, wasn't you, that bad? Wasn't that bad? Wasn't yeah, that okay. bad? I started, work, I, started listen, I started listening to that. I was listening to it last night. Um, I got like 20 minutes in. 
Yeah, it's pretty rough. It's an interesting take, man. Interesting take on the interesting take. being that not was, that bad. That was a rough episode. I'd like much it, rather though. watch uh much That's rather watch Crash or any Cronenberg. Yeah. I love Or any Cronenberg. movie. Yeah, honestly. Love movies. Love Indiana love. Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Most I wish of all. Cronenberg directed that. Right. I wish fucking Cronenberg directed Total Recall. Because all the best parts of Total Recall come from David Cronenberg. I I love Paul Verhoeven, though. I like Total Recall. Me too, but dude. Dude. It would have been a perfect Cronenberg movie, you're right. Dude. Because it's so gross. There's so many mutants. Yeah, and all the great stuff came from Cronenberg in that one. And I think it's great. I think Verhoeven's, of course, goaded, right? Yeah. That showgirls robocop just go to director but little recall yeah cronenberg would have would have swept the floor and he would have made another masterpiece yeah well it's not so too Caleb, late you can still remake it i think you should watch next definitely naked lunch and yeah, uh the brood the brood is great and scanners let's not yeah. forget scanners love scanners scanners, scanners well, is I, I... one of my least favorite Cronenbergs that I've seen. I don't love it, but I think it's a little it's slow in the middle, but it picks up so much at the end. It's awesome. Yeah, there's some amazing effects in that one, dude. Holy. Yeah. There that lead is. actor is really bad. And I've been I've been thinking about Cronenberg as like a great artist, but he's a great innovator. Man. Like his effects mm-hmm. were like, especially in this film. With what the, he did in Videodrome. Like, yeah, with the TV. Like, yeah, that that TV. Oh my gosh, I I fucking love that. That is amazing. Yeah. And doesn't it make you so happy? He's Canadian. He's ours. He's Canadian. Boy. We got Hell him. Yeah, we got him. We have every everyone I come across. I try to tell him, Cronenberg, you should be so joyful and full of bliss that this is our national identity. You should yep. embrace this. I'm every sorry, Canadian... I don't think that's our national identity. It that should be. Is, it should be hockey, man. No, Crosby, fuck no. no. Should we no, do Crosby, 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 on no, the flag? No, 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 Nah, no one likes hockey. Everyone loves Cronenberg. Everyone I come across asks him, you like hockey or do you like David Cronenberg? Nine times Everybody asks that. They're like, (laughs) I'm all about about Daddy Cronenberg. It's always what they say. Yep. I'm signed up for a horror-like film class in winter semester next year. Better be some Cronenberg talking. Dude, we're going to be the experts, man. We're going to sweep in there. Man, yeah, fuck, I should it. join you guys awesome to talk about fucking horror movies. I love horror movies. Hop in, bro. The professor's super nice. Oh, love love Mrs. Pallister. She's yeah. great. And she loves so, Canadian cinema as well. Oh, you love to see it. I'm, I'm very remiss that I missed the, uh, the Cronenberg class. Yeah, well, it was like brief. I know, but still, I would have fanboyed here. Yeah. Mention. Oh my yeah. god. Oh my god. Oh my oh god, god, David. Who wants to talk about Crash? Yeah. 
I don't want to reveal our YouTube password on here, but it does have something to do <laughs> yeah. with Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> one of my favorite recurring Coderfit bits is the idea that David, who's been this guy who's followed us on Letterboxd, who were like, keep on trying to get on the pod, yeah. is actually David Cronenberg. Canadian Could icon. imagine? Yeah. It could be. I, it, could you be. never know. Like, that would be it, just the wild. fact that his name is David. That's his like, name is that's David. narrowed it down like tenfold, hey, I feel. He's really. Canadian. There's a chance. There's a chance. Ugh. David Cronenberg on the next episode to talk about summertime. Yep. <laughs> Look forward to it. Put it in your uh, calendars, speaking, everybody. Speaking of other episodes, we need to do a Better Call Saul episode. Yes, we retrospective. do. We yeah, a retrospective on, on that. Like, that deserves its own show because. We should lock that in. Me, you. Riffin, Douglas and Bear Call Saul. Yeah, because uh, that that kind of took an entire summer of our uh, conversation. It seemed <laughs> the Better Call Saul summer, man. Yeah, this summer has been a Soprano the summer, summer so far. Yeah, Sopranos mixed with uh, some Cronenberg, and I guess now Bojack Horseman. Bojack. You know that Bojack wavelength? Okay, love Bojack. That's a good yeah, uh, engineering good. show. Depressed engineer. <laughs> yeah. It it's actually why I watched it. Or why I started watching it? Yeah. Great. Someone's got to be in a worse mental state than I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, more I, I think, like, I'm you thankful know what? for art like that. It's like, you know what? Yeah, that is how it is. Yeah, I remember yeah. when I was going through a really rough patch, I watched After Hours, and I felt a little better, because <laughs> at least I wasn't having that guy's night. <laughs> we, got it. we should do an After Hours and Good Time double feature. We for sure that should. That would be a really good one. For sure should, and we should actually do a Crash and Titan double feature because you didn't finish that story. Yeah, I didn't finish the story. We didn't end up watching Titan, oh, right. and we shit. watched um, Death Proof instead. And nobody uh, had a very good. Nobody had a good time. Oh, it was just lame because the vibes. Well, I was loving Crash, but our our we were all loving age, Crash except for uh, our colleague. He yeah. hated it so much that we decided for his sake. We can't do another crazy body horror film. And, you know, I think that's a good film. I'm actually one of the few who's like, I like Death Proof, but... I did not like Death Proof. I I don't think it went far enough. It definitely doesn't, but I do like Death Proof. It just was not the vibe that night. No. It was a Titan vibe. We didn't want to see people dying in cars. We wanted to see people having sex in cars. cars. Go. Fuck, I need to see that movie. You haven't seen Titan? I haven't, man. Oh. Could you imagine was like, Crash in Theater? Dude. That I remember, I think that, that one, that won some sort of award at Cannes, and I think it was Francis Ford Coppola, like, refused to be the guy to hand uh, the award to Cronenberg, <laughs> yeah. which is just <laughs> such fun lore. Shut yeah, up, Coppola. I car sex, then, because, I mean, Titan also won the Palme d'Or. So we know what we've got to do to get in there. Yeah. Make okay. a X-rated Cars movie. Cars Four is gonna be crazy. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. So eventually, as all these things, like all the like old ideas, go to the free market, where like copyright gets cut. Can we make some cool horror shit with that now that it, they're entering in the free domain? I think all the Things Universal stop. monsters are already like in the public domain, so you could. Do oh, oh yeah, those are. Of course. We have not even talked about how Dead Ringers is now an Amazon show. Yeah, I actually yeah. was about yeah. I can't. It's um, I've got to watch that show. 
I'm I definitely going to watch that show. Looks like they have a yes. lot of those red surgical costumes, which is exciting. Good, good. Is this the most... No, it can't be. The Fly is probably the most successful like IP of Cronenberg, but... Definitely The Fly, and then probably Scanners, right? Like, Yeah, Scanners is funny. There's Scanners 1, Scanners 2, Scanners 3, Scanner yeah. Cop 1, Scanner Cop 2. Um, <laughs> but this, it's crazy. This is like seems like a pretty major Amazon production. Yeah, has, like, like racial wise in it. They put fucking money into it. Amazon on dead ringers. A gender swap dead ringers, man. So what I don't know is, does that mean they're going to find a guy? Or are they still gynecologists? Because the gender dynamic is so essential to that first one. Because it works on the power, like the power struggle. And also Mm -hmm. the two brothers were kind of sort of defined by like masculinity and femininity. Because Beverly, the name, he got like so upset when she like pointed out the yeah oh that's a huge yeah, undercurrent under- yes. um so I'm, I'm, what are you trying to say freaks out um yeah so i'm very interested what this new one would be like very interested um so yeah definitely be watching that the only thing i know about the show is that the first episode um starts with a with a birth hell yeah that's what you the want birth. so they're at least making, they're sticking with keeping people uncomfortable. I love it. That so is awesome. love well, to see that. Well, everybody, go watch Dead Ringers. And then watch Dead highly, Ringers, highly the Amazon recommend. show. And then watch The Bear Season 2, because that came out in Canada came today. today. And I'm so happy to watch watching that. that. Yeah. I love The Bear Season 2. Also, one. watch I cried Deep Cover. The season one. Really? I did. I thought the ending was stupid. But I love the ending. When he looks at the. I, I, also waited a year to finish that show. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I cried. Man. I thought the ending was a little silly because it's like you make all these problems, you write yourself into such a crazy corner with all these problems in the show, and you just, boom. They all go away. Drop, drop the answers from the heavens. Oh, well. I still love that show. Very interesting visual style on that show. I've been rewatching it. I love how, like, shallow the focus is. How much, like, life flares and bokeh they use it's great but that's all i have to say about the bear yeah nothing else. I, I, I like the end when he's like looking at his brother and he looks yeah. at the camera oh got me thanks for watching yeah. it oh sorry that's for spoiling a... it oh no it's fine <laughs> oh yeah fuck caleb's here um a bonus fact about um working in a kitchen is that you get to pretend you're the bear every day yeah. so that's thick so that's pretty good. Yes, sick. Jeff. Yes, Jeff. Heard. Behind. Heard. Corner. Corner. Hot. We're firing. 86 chicken. 26 <laughs> fries. 100 burgers. 55 yeah. fries. 55 yes, chef. 55 criteriums. 55 burger <laughs> paste. How many blows, Chef? Uh, the 400. 400. Yes, Chef. Chef. Firing like 400 blows. Thank you, <laughs> chefs. Thank you, chefs. Could you just imagine, like, you, you, you're walking to the bathroom and, like, you look over the kitchen and all the line cooks are just, like, hyperventilating and a line counting. Just trying to get that. That's what the critter pit does to people. Yeah. Right? It's, a, it's Everybody's a blowing along. Stereo. Mm-hmm. I love how you incorporate the blows in our intros, Cable. That was that's a to. great piece of lore. That's such a great theme. You you did an yeah. awesome job. Thank, thank you. you. It's oh, been we've been missing it. You. We've been trying to get a theme for so long. We tried to get Elijah to do it. 
we try to get yeah. Rob to do it. Yeah, but you pulled through. Yeah, and I will possibly have more if I ever get my keyboard back. So you know, oh, yeah. we'll love see. it. We also need we'll an always outro. love more. Yeah, uh, an we're from outro. That'll be that could be fun. And also, yeah. I still need to pay you the twenty five for the intro. I'll do yeah. that. Money. I guess. Frees I guess up I'll. Here. I guess I'll. Uh, I'll see you. I'll see you soon. So. I'll That's true. We're transferring you back to Factor Edgerson. Yeah, I, I guess so. Exciting Bye, times Vancouver. we live in. Fuck Vancouver. Oh, Vancouver's awesome. It is. It's it's a pretty cool there. place. It's yeah. It's really fucking expensive. Oh, speaking of the fly in SFU, uh, wasn't the fly two filmed at uh, SFU? Um, you damn, damn. I know damn. The, I know no part of the Flash was filmed in one of the buildings. <laughs> like no yeah, Flash, the new Flash. Yeah, no joke. Oh, what my, what all friends, full circle, isn't it? One of my friends who McDougal would get along like amazingly with was like, guys, look at this.